Welcome to the Leadership in Context podcast with Keith Tusi. Non-compliance is not contributing anything that empowers evil. Hi, this is Keith Tusi, and welcome to Leadership in Context. I'm going to be reading to you from Exodus, the very first chapter, and I want to pick it up in about verse 15. Then the king spoke to the Hebrew midwives, one of whom was named Sapphira, another was named Pua. And he said, when you are helping the Hebrew women to give birth, see them upon the birth stool. If it is a son, then you shall put them to death. But if it is a daughter, then she shall live. But the midwives feared God and did not do as the king of Egypt commanded them, but let the boys live. So the king of Egypt called for the midwives and said to them, Why have you done this and let the boys live? The midwives said to Pharaoh, Because the Hebrew women are not as the Egyptian women, for they are vigorous and give birth before the midwife can get to them. So God was good to the midwives, and the people multiplied and became very mighty, because the midwives feared God. He established households for them. Then Pharaoh commanded all his people, saying, Every son who is born you shall cast in now, and every daughter you are to keep alive. Now, Pharaoh's motivation was to keep the male population down because he was concerned about an insurrection. He had seen that their population was growing and was concerned particularly that if Egypt had a conflict with somebody outside their borders that possibly the Hebrews could have been recruited to be mercenaries and fight for the other side with, of course, of promises of riches and land and so forth as it goes. So his tactic was to cut off the male population. And so he gave the Hebrew midwives a command, those who helped bring the children into the world, and he names a couple here. Now, obviously, There were more than these two women, but these two women are named uh, maybe because they were the ones who oversaw Moses' birth and didn't kill him, or maybe because they were the ones that were setting the momentum, setting the moral temperature. Maybe they were the ones training the midwives. Maybe there was a network, a guild, a union of these people. We don't know, but we know that these two people are certainly prominent, and he spoke to them directly, but they defied his order. They participated in non-compliance. You know, a lot of times people talk about at what point do we resist? But before there's resistance, there's another form, and that's just non-compliance. Resistance is what you do to push back. Non-compliance is what you don't do to push back, okay? Do you see the difference? So they were non-compliant. There are many examples in the Bible of people being non-compliant. We see in Acts 5, the disciples, they they were non-compliant. We see the Apostle Paul in his ministry a number of times just saying, no, he was non-compliant. He was not going to empower something that was evil. And so when a person is in non-compliance, 
their best understanding should be, I don't want to contribute anything that is going to empower evil, okay? Uh, it's kind of like, you know, uh, economic uh, warfare in a sense, in some way. And this really is, uh, in the best sense of the word, economic warfare. And economic warfare is a very powerful thing. Uh, you know, politicians, unions, uh, companies, codes, uh, legislation, they all bear out on this very uh, incredible thing. And when people withdraw uh, their economy or their economic effects from something in non-compliance, it does weaken it, okay? So we have to understand that. And this was, to some degree, an economic issue because they were slaves and they were causing the Egyptians to prosper by their labor. But I want you to see uh, what they did. They were non-compliant and they got called in on the carpet for it. Now, once you're in the mode of resistance, you're going to say, no, King, we defied you, and this is why we defied you. But it hadn't come to that point. That's going to come to that point later. Moses is going to defy them about a lot of things. He, and he's going to have the elders on board, by the way. He's going to have some resistance from the people when they get pushed back on, but he's going to have the elders on board here in this deal, okay? And uh, But first, there's noncompliance. And they say, well, you know, the, the Hebrew women, they just give birth real quick. They see it's a healthy son. There's not a whole lot we can do. But here's what God's opinion was. And this should get our attention. This was God's opinion of the Pharaoh midwives who were noncompliant. So God was good to the midwives. He was good to them because they feared God. He established households for them. In other words, he gave them families, probably the very thing that they desired that they were helping other people to do. God supplied them families, so there was a reward for their non-compliance. So you have these gracious, sacrificial, spiritual leaders that are affecting families, and they decided, you know what? It really doesn't matter what the king's opinion is in this matter. Uh, we are not going to comply. Now, maybe this is where Moses' mother got her wisdom and instruction and her faith to hide Moses. She didn't comply either because they were supposed to be cast into the now, right? Later on, it says they were supposed to be cast into the now, all the, all the male babies, uh, but Moses instead was made an ark. He wasn't just put adrift out there to see what would happen. That's probably where they hid him during the day. And the sister watched from a distance. Remember the story? The sister watched from a distance and Pharaoh's wife comes, a divine appointment. Again, God rewards their non-conformity. God re rewards their non-compliance. And sometimes the way to cut the strength off of somebody or something is just not to comply. You know, spiritually speaking, when the enemy tempts you to sin and you don't comply, you, you are cutting off his strength. When somebody uh, presses your button and tries to engage you in something that's unhealthy, unfruitful, unspiritual, when you don't comply, you're cutting off their strength. And you're allowing Jesus to be Lord over your life instead of what that other thing is. So this doctrine of non-compliance, we, we see it in Daniel's life. He was a man who prayed. 
Uh, he wasn't in resistance. He didn't go out in public and say, okay, we're going to hold a public prayer vigil. That's legitimate, but that wasn't the point they got to. He just continued to do what he was always doing. He prayed three times a day. He prayed in private. The people who knew him knew he was going to do that. They watched him, but he did not comply, and God blessed that. So when people talk about obeying or not obeying, complying or not complying, of course, the first question is, who do we comply with? The disciples in Acts 5 said, we must obey God rather than man. So when there's a clear commandment that contradicts something that is trying to get us to comply, where we may not actually be the doers of the evil ourselves but we are contributing to it in some way. We are feeding that in some way. I think it's important uh, that we understand this. Now, later on, what happens? Uh, Pharaoh, when Moses pushes back, because this is a story of Moses, that's why it's in the Bible. So the, the midwives, Moses' mother, the daughter, Pharaoh's daughter, rescuing Moses, this is all one redemptive story. So when Moses begins to push back, what does the government say? What does Pharaoh say? He said that they're hurting the Egyptians because they're not making bricks. In other words, they want to go worship, but we need the product of their labor. And so historically, non-compliance has taken on the form of not complying with our time, our treasure, our talent. Again, we're not talking about resistance, which there is a valid biblical resistance, you know, but what we're talking about is individual people, uh, not even a movement at this point, but just individual people saying, we do not want to participate in this situation, okay? Now, today, of course, we have uh, people that are in commerce. We've got people that have wedding venues, we have people that are artists, we have people that are florists, we have people that are bakers, and they are just simply saying, we are not complying. They're not trying to lead a union of cake makers. Uh, they're not trying to, you know, pass a legislation. Nothing wrong with that. They're just saying, we are not complying. And then there is pushback from that, but of course, I think God will bless them at the end. So I think maybe one way to sum this up is says before we try to do outward things, there must be an inward resolve, there must be an inward integrity, and we must have the insight, not just that something bothers us, but we must have the insight of what we're contributing to when we're contributing to that thing. Is there an area in your life where you are complying, where you're being silent, where you shouldn't be silent, where you're contributing, where you shouldn't be contributing, where you're part of the supply chain, where you shouldn't be part of the supply chain? Uh, so that would be something to consider. God bless them. As a result of this, we get Moses. Then as a result of Moses, we get the, we get the emancipation. So this story is very critical. This history is very critical to us. And God is good enough to us to outline not just what happened, but how it happened. They did not fear the king's edict. They 
feared the Lord. So let this sink deep in your heart. Give it some consideration. Uh, If you think this would be a blessing to somebody, please share. I enjoyed my time with you. This is Keith Tusi for Leadership in Context. Today, Keith had a discussion on non-compliance. When the enemy or anything else tempts you to sin and you don't comply, you are cutting off that strength and you are allowing Jesus to be Lord of your life. Thanks for listening this week to another episode of Leadership in Context with Keith Tusi. Join us next week as Keith continues to put leadership truths in the context of the local church. As always, subscribe, like, rate, and share our podcast. For show notes or to ask Keith a question, email podcast at nrpastors.com. If you would like more information, you can check out our website, find us on Facebook, or follow us on Instagram at nrpastors. See you next week.